Hey friends, before you listen to this podcast episode, I want to give you a quick word from Spirit and Truth about our upcoming conferences. We are so excited in 2024 that we're actually going to have three conference dates and locations. The first time that we've ever done this, if you've ever uh, been to the Spirit and Truth conference in past years, we've had one in Dayton, Ohio, but this year we've got a conference coming up January 26th and 27th in Mobile, Alabama. Another one that's going to be in Conroe, Texas, just outside of Houston on February 9th and 10th. And then, of course, back in Dayton, April 19th and 20th. And so if you've never come, uh, this is your year. There should be one of those that's somewhere close to your region. And so we really want to invite you to come out. We've got a special guest speaker at each of them that will be joining our team. Carolyn Moore is going to be in Alabama, and Kevin Watson's joining us in Texas, and our good friend Andrew Thompson will be with us in Dayton. This is really a powerful weekend when you can come and get equipped and really seek the presence of the Lord alongside other brothers and sisters who are after the same thing. I know that if you come, uh, you won't regret it. Um, Every time that we gather, we just see God move in such beautiful ways. And so go over to spiritandtruth.life slash conferences, and you can get all the details and register, and we hope to see you there. You're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Elmer, and on today's episode, Emma and I talk about Advent. In this shorter episode, Emma and I reflect on ways we can prepare our hearts and minds for the birth of Jesus. We discuss some spiritual disciplines, some family traditions, and of course, what we do in the church and the significance of Advent in the Christian life. Stay tuned for a beautiful liturgy that Emma reads at the end. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Hello, and welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and I'm here with Emma Winchester. And it's just us today. Just the two of us. Yep. A little post-holiday podcasting. Um, We're still ramping up into the work week, and Emma and I are the only two here in the office today. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Um, actually, truth be told, I totally forgot that we didn't have a podcast recorded for this week. Yep. And so here we are. We're yep. going to talk about, what are we going to talk about, Maggie? Advent. Yay. Yay. So this past Sunday um, was Christ the King Sunday. Yeah. And next Sunday is the first week of Advent, mm-hmm. the first day of Advent. That's so. right. I love Advent. This is one of my favorite liturgical seasons or seasons in the Christian year. And um, so I'm happy to talk about this today. There are multiple different ways to experience Advent. You know, of course, there are sort of the traditions that we have Mm -hmm. in the church. There are sort of personal traditions that we have. And then there's just the deep, rich sort of spiritual time of reflection that advent can be before christmas yeah which i also love me too and i love in the liturgical calendar when we move from ordinary time into a special time you know what do you like about it i love the well i love the history you Mm -hmm. know it's always good to just think about the years and years and years and years and years of Christians who have done this, you mm-hmm. know, ha- who have uh, maybe moved or, or reoriented their lives in some way mm. to surround Jesus in a manger. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's 
something that I love is like the intentionality and it's a reminder for me during the holiday season and during all of the busyness from moving from fall into winter um, to reorient, to refocus, to uh, pursue Christ more and seek out deeper revelation about our Savior. So that's what I love about this special time. Yeah, I love all of those things too. And, you know, I've always, you know, having been around church land forever, and that's what I call it, church land, because, I mean, you know, church has this interesting mode of just traveling through time, and it is different. It's meant to set us apart from how the rest of the world travels through time. And, of course, we have practices like you can pray the day the daily office, the hours, and all of these things are meant to orient us back towards Christ, back towards um, the life of God. And Advent does this in a major way because it helps us remember both the nativity, the, the coming of the first coming of Christ, but it also orients our mind towards the knowledge that we are waiting in hope, anticipating the second coming of Christ. Sometimes I it takes a little more for me to focus on that aspect of Advent, the the hope and the waiting for the second coming, because, you know, so much of our environment is about preparing for Christmas and all of the things of Christmas. But the truth is, is that Christ came and the event of Christ coming has, has passed, but it has a present implication and a future implication, and it is his second coming, is his future, the future implication. And so that's something I'm trying to think a lot more about this Advent. Um, before we started the podcast, Emma, you were asking about just family traditions and mm-hmm, things. Yeah. And so we do have some of those things, but this year specifically, I am thinking a lot about what does it mean to have hope in the fact that Christ will come again yeah and I don't have any great wisdom on that right now but (laughs) but this is what we're pondering in this season yeah absolutely but um do you have traditions do you have like things that you do just for fun or to remember advent no, you know, I feel like I'm forming those right now. Mm. I don't, my family, uh, we didn't do any traditional kind of Adventy things because um, we did not grow up in a Christian home. And so um, I feel like I'm just kind of observing what all of the other families around me are doing and uh, what I want to adopt for myself and for my own future family and what I want to adopt for myself even now in preparation for those things too. So I don't know. No, I don't have anything that I do yearly or there's no tradition that I have, but um, I'm always interested to hear about what families have done for decades, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything, I mean, is there anything that you remember from last year or that you're looking forward to sort of observing like how do you how do you discern that like okay this is this is something I need to hold on to well I think last year so last year was probably the first year that I really um, started thinking about this Mm. like what are the things that I want to take on for myself and my own life now and for my future and I would say one thing that really struck me which is so simple was um 
every Sunday for dinner, coming around a table, lighting the candle, reading a liturgy, Mm. and talking about Jesus, you know, that was not something that happened in my home. And so that's definitely something that I want to hold on to because it's sacred and Mm -hmm. beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. So that is something that in, in my family, um, not growing up, but the family that I helped create with my husband that we do, uh, we have an advent wreath or a set of candles advent candles and we Mm -hmm. light one every week and um you know it's looked different over the years as we've had you know our kids have been running around and doing different things and as a pastor rob you know advent is a very very busy season Mm -hmm. but we would always make um we would always take intentional time to just pause for a moment light the candle and just acknowledge that this Sunday we're meditating on this. And of course, I don't know if you, but you know, the candles have meaning too. And um, I hear so much debate about the order of these candles. <laughs> but um, I think it's joy, hope, peace, and love. And I probably have said that a little bit out of order. But um, so we would usually read a bit of scripture, talk about the joy, hope, peace love of Christ or and then you know kind of move on with our day that's sort of what we would do yeah I also think one thing that I remember from last year that I'm looking forward to again this year is the way that uh the collective church does that so people do it in individual families and um in smaller settings but then also the way that the whole church takes a break you know they they well in a way (laughs) (laughs) we should we should take a break Mm -hmm. um it's because it's a set aside time Mm -hmm. and you know it's even seen in the way that we do sermon series you know you might pause one sermon series to do an advent series or you might finish one sermon series so that you have time for an advent series um and it is an intentional time to think about the Holy Family. Yeah. The Holy Family is something that just as as a woman, as a Christian, has just so intensely captured my imagination over the years and my just my heart, really, mm-hmm. um, for all kinds of different reasons. But, I mean, to be, you know, in one sense, in one very sort of vulnerable personal reason, and I think a lot of people can identify this, with this is that that God came and dwelled within a family mm-hmm. and we all know how imperfect families can be yeah and yet he lowered himself to this place of being with a young mother and a father and we of course we know the story of Mary and Joseph and we know the circumstances of you know the angel coming and visiting Mary and pronouncing the coming of Christ and how that would happen and then the dreams that Joseph had Mm -hmm. and I you know look (laughs) realizing you're gonna have a baby under normal circumstances is is life-changing yeah so this is just I mean I don't know I don't have words yeah I think it can be so easy to just kind of go through this season oh it's just a part of you know, mm-hmm. what we do, mm-hmm. 
it's just a part of what we do in the church we decorate we we set up all the candles we do all the stuff we have the candlelight service we sing the songs that we sing every year Mm -hmm. and it can become so normal yeah but the point of having a set aside season is so that it every year we can be drawn deeper into awe and wonder Mm -hmm. and um, adoration Mm -hmm. of a king that would come in this way yeah and I think that that's something that I never want to lose is Mm -hmm. that this season isn't just about doing the stuff it's not about just seeing the lights Mm -hmm. or or the nostalgia that we have as families or whatever but it's about recognizing just the depth and there's always more depth to it that we can seek yeah I think that you know some people I think on a different podcast um, a couple years ago I was talking with Dr. Scott Kisker and he referred to um, Advent as a little Lent Mm -hmm. and you know Lent is that season where we again prepare for a momentous thing that happens in the life of the church which is Easter yeah or, um, you know, Resurrection Sunday, as some like to call it. And when I, one of the things that I have also been trying to think about is, is what does it mean to take a set aside time and prepare myself for the coming of Jesus? Yeah. And when I, I think that's one of the reasons that I have, I so love looking at the Holy Family because they prepared and they prepared in ways that were um you know not necessarily explicitly stated in scripture but i mean to think like what does it mean to have a dream that you you can receive this child that's okay mary has not been unfaithful she's not done anything Mm -hmm. you're not she's not supposed to do but you can receive this child and you'll raise him as your own and he is um the messiah and yeah i mean <laughs> what do you do <laughs> but um i just i don't know the way and i love too that that they do very human things like mary finds out she's gonna have a baby and what's the first thing she does is she runs to elizabeth elizabeth yeah she and this is so human when you're a young woman and you realize that you're gonna have a baby you run to an older woman mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and for them to both be with child at the same time, there are so many beautiful, human, relatable things. They reveled in it. You know, they celebrated mm-hmm. it. Mary sings the Magnificat. Um, Elizabeth has her own experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's so powerful. It is. Sorry. I mean, I'm just music. I'm not particularly saying anything other than like I am often find myself struck with awe. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that there is something that can be taken away from this season that we often miss, you know, in our own personal lives and our own personal devotion Mm -hmm. in the life of family, spiritual family, in the life of the church. You know, there there is something that Jesus has for us in this season. And he's just asking for participation. You know, he's asking for us to reorient a little bit. He's asking for us to set aside time and space and, you know, 
clear our minds a little bit so that we can focus on him. And I think that the season can also be a season of sanctification yeah, because of preparation, because of waiting, because of making time and space. When you do that for the Holy Spirit, you know, he will take up the room allotted. And so when we make room for him, he will come and he will clean and he will prepare us and he will sanctify us. And Mm -hmm. so I think that there is something for us, but we get so distracted. I, yes, I think obviously this moment of preparation competes with what's happening in culture Yeah, for the sort of the more secular expression of the Christmas holiday. And you know, certainly there are fun things to enjoy there. But one of the things that I find, and maybe this is why, you know, Scott uh, previously referred to this as a little Lent, is that there's an aspect of grieving mm-hmm. in Advent. And um, you can, you know, you can come at it from a lot of different directions. But one of the aspects of grieving is the fact that, um you know, when you are a young couple and then you bring a child into the mix, your life changes. Right. So that's that's very sort of material reality, that your reality changes. So it was one way, now it's another way, and you that previous reality is no more. Mm-hmm. But this, I think the thing that I think about quite a bit is, is you know, um, I used to make this joke with my mom, you know, who I was BC before Christ. Yeah, me too. And as it pertains to Christmas in particular, and I've talked, you know, you noted I talked about this before, sort of like letting go of sentimentality. I think for the first time this year, I feel actual, I feel real grief. Mm -hmm. I feel real grief this season because I know that it's not just that it's sentimentality. It's not just that my kids got older or that things have changed. It's that Christ came. Mm-hmm. And that has implications for everything, everything, every corner. Yeah. And of course, that's good. Also, it, it also requires change. Yeah. You know, it requires for things to shift, for things to move, mm-hmm. for us to prepare our lives. It's like, you know, we do this act of quote unquote preparing. Mm-hmm. And yet actually, in a sense, we are preparing. In another sense, we're changing something that has been, you know, mm-hmm. like something has been a certain way. We have oriented our lives a certain way. And in this season, we get to orient them differently. But when we go out of that season, we shouldn't go back, back to the, way, to the way it was before. It should actually be a brand new thing because Christ is born. Mm-hmm. And so that's the order. Yeah. And this and this is why the incarnation is just a a it changes everything. It changes history. It is mm-hmm. a cosmic event with cosmic consequences. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And so it's really something that we take a moment in the life of the church to sort of say history, the world was one way. Mm-hmm. And then Christ came. And now everything's different. Mm-hmm. And and we have an opportunity to participate that's with right. that or not. That's right. We can receive him mm-hmm. or not. And that's why, you know, 
of course, I love all the things in church that we do, you know, like the Christmas pageants. I mean, I adore those things. I am a stupid sniveling mess (laughs) (laughs) during the children's. Me too. Oh hey Maggie, remember last year no, when you were no. in the Christmas no, play? No, I don't. I don't remember that. Okay. I, blocked, I do. I have pictures. I've blocked it out. <laughs> but like, um, but the thing is, is see now I'm so distracted by that room. <laughs> Sorry. I think what you're saying is that those things are so good, they are. and yet they can be obstacles for what sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we can just we make it about those things mm-hmm. as opposed, and we want to make it about the good feeling. And I think that my grief this year is that I want the good feeling so badly, but it feels hollow. Mm-hmm. I know it's not. It's not the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, because there's true. Um, you know, like those things, they gather people, they bring mm-hmm. people together. And yet there's something deeper about family that, that the Lord is doing in the church, you know. And so it's not just about consumption, but it's about it's about communion with others and with him. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I think that it's true that those things are good. And, you know, I am going to go to the children's play. A thousand and I'm percent. I'm going to go look at Christmas lights mm-hmm. and I am going to do those things. And at the same time, I think this year personally, I'm going to, Jesus has asked me, you know, personally, will you take more time yeah. to consider, yeah. to ponder, to, you know, treasure things mm-hmm. in your heart with me? about this season yeah and I think that you know when we when we read the nativity story which every church does and mm-hmm. and I know I will because I love that story but we I think we miss the sort of sometimes the the deep sort of um I mean for lack of a better word like warnings sometimes when we when we read there was no place for him mm-hmm. I mean this is a world that rejects Jesus yeah we are not called to be that. Yeah. We are called to be people who receive him with open arms. And and you know, our you know, from a really practical sort of church s- sort of standpoint, I just know from observation and experience that it can be really really hard churches sort of engage this season in different ways and to different degrees and and they're you know, sometimes sentimentality, ritual, and tradition, they really can be, you know... Vehicles for... Yeah, for being stuck. Mm-hmm. And that's real. And sometimes leadership has very little power against that. I mean, I can tell you, I've I've been in... I have visited and been in churches where where the, um, the, the traditions that have been established are going to happen. Yeah. It, regardless of anything. And sometimes that is very difficult. And so it can make this season as for spiritual leaders feel really um, hard. Like it can be oddly disappointing, Mm -hmm. can be sad sometimes. And then, you know, but the truth is, is that you're also celebrating, honoring and worshiping what God has done. And that's always good. Mm -hmm. So there's always hope. Yeah. Always, always. Yeah. But I don't know, Emma. You are known f- for loving liturgy. I do, and um, I know this is going to be a shorter episode. That's okay. You can go spend time 
with Jesus. Yeah, meditating on <laughs> on on all the Advent things that yes. we have maybe poorly talked about, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a sort of a briefer episode, just about um, a little meditation on Advent and how to remember and prepare for the coming of Christ and the future coming of Christ. He will come again and. If you have a liturgy that you would like to share, Emma. I do. Um, I, me and some of my friends, we uh, have a book called Every Moment Holy. And there's a bunch of authors of the book, so I'm not sure. But The Rabbit Room Mm -hmm. publishes it. And they have a liturgy called um, To Mark the Start of the Christmas Season. And so I'll just read this and we'll end with a little prayer. Sounds good. As we prepare our house for the coming Christmas season, we would also prepare our hearts for the returning of Christ. You came once for your people, O Lord, and you will come again for us. Though there was no room at the inn to receive you upon your first arrival, we would prepare you room here in our hearts and here in our home, Lord Christ. As we decorate and celebrate, we do so to mark the memory of your redemptive moment into our broken world, O God. Our glittering ornaments and Christmas trees, our festive carols, our feasts. By these small tokens, we affirm that something amazing has happened in time and space, that God, on a particular night, in a particular place so many years ago, was born to us, an infant king, our Prince of Peace. Our wreaths and ribbons and colored lights, our giving of gifts, our parties with friends, these have never been ends in themselves. They are but small ways in which we repeat that sounding joy first proclaimed by the angels in the skies near Bethlehem. In view of such great tidings of love announced to us and to all people, how can we not be moved to praise and celebration in this Christmas season? As we decorate our tree, and as we feast and laugh and sing together, we are rehearsing our coming joy. We are making ready to receive the one who has already, with open arms, received us. We would prepare you room, here in our hearts and here in our home, Lord Christ. Now we celebrate your first coming, Emmanuel, even as we long for your return. O Prince of Peace, our elder brother, return soon. We miss you so. Amen. That's been our podcast for today. Happy, happy Advent. And we pray that you feel the presence of the Lord so palpably this season. We'll come back to you in the next conversation.